But it made me more determined to come back, I'd say. I knew that I wanted to be the best mother I could be, but I also wanted to still do my love, you know, play, play football as much as I could. Whack a papa, be cool, calm and collected. Well, I don't want her, she's a girl. My brother went, Lindsay, come on my team. He knew I could play football, but the other boy didn't know I could play football. Welcome to On and Off the Pitch, the official podcast from Nottingham Forest. Now, now here's your host, Rachel Stringer. This is the official podcast of Nottingham Forest, On and Off the Pitch, which is available on all your favourite podcast apps, and it's also available in video form on our Facebook and YouTube page. Today's guest wears the armband for her team and has donned the Garibaldi red for 12 years, but did have a stint away at Doncaster. Recently, she's won the League Cup and also are champions in the Women's National League North and has one more game to go to see if they can secure promotion to the championship and win the treble for Forest. She's a mother of two and, of course, is a Forest fan through and through. Please welcome Lindsay Harkin to the official Nottingham Forest podcast on and off the pitch. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you so much for being here, especially after a pretty mad, I think I'm allowed to say that, couple of weeks you've had, which has resulted in these two cups here, the beautiful silverware that we've kind of got in. I mean, tell us about how crazy the last couple of weeks has been for you as a captain of the forest side yeah it's been amazing to be honest it's kind of you know just coming down back to earth a little bit now um again we've got to prepare again for another game but we've enjoyed the moment we've enjoyed the sort of the sort of all the excitement that it's brought um the fans and everything that's come with it and yeah we've we've had a good few weeks and yeah we're really looking forward to what the next few weeks bring as well can I ask you how you're feeling today? Because I heard you had a quite a big party at the weekend after winning this one. Oh, uh, yeah. So, uh, I mean, anyone that knows me normally, my voice isn't normally this raspy. So I think it's just coming back coming back to normal a little bit. But, yeah, we, we really did. I think we deserved it, you know. We've, we've had a tough season and it's been ups and downs. But I think it was important for us to kind of go out there and celebrate and, and celebrate this moment for now um, and all the hard work we've put in together. So yeah, we, we definitely enjoyed it and yeah, you can tell by my voice, like I say. <laughs> Husky's good, sign of a good night out. Uh, this is the League Cup, this is the one that you won first, of course. Uh, tell me about the journey to that and how special it was before we get on to the title. Yeah, I think, well, last season we won we won the League Plate. So the first game last season in the Cup, we, we lost. So we then went into the Plate competition. And I think winning that last season really kind of put a taste in our mouth of what we wanted to achieve. And we always said, obviously, the League was always our most important thing. But to have sort of a good Cup run was really important to us as well. Um, again, it was we had some very tough games in that League Cup. So we kind of we we got up against Burnley, who were well at the time they were top of our league, and we did well against them. Um, we also had the Southern, I think they were near the top at the time as well, Portsmouth, and that was another good game of ours, and we beat them five 0 at home. So it was really nice to kind of build that momentum through the season and have them cup games to kind of take our mind off a little bit of the of the league, um, but it still gives a good focus. And your, uh, your manager, Andy Cook, he actually gave me a bit of an insight into what you girls are like, actually, as a team. Because you don't always do, I hear, what the manager tells you to do, and especially at the final of this game. Can you tell us uh, 
what happened. Obviously, you're the coach, so you can have a bit of, sorry, you're the, obviously, captain, so you can have a bit of say, possibly, but what you did was maybe reckless. Oh, I, I guess it kind of worked out. So <laughs> Tell us what yeah, you did. So um, we'd set up as a th- back three, um, and it came into sort of like 10 minutes in, and we was, we felt really under the cosh. It was quite difficult for us to kind of... Um, nullify their attacks really that's what that's the way we was feeling um it got to a corner and they'd already kind of attacked about five times and it felt it felt quite of out of shape and things so we decided as a team and I think Andy's said it before like he, he trusts us and he knows we know the game we're not just doing something off the cuff we always play as a four normally so it was kind of you know it's going back to what we know but um we kind of decided to go back to a four at the back um, their wingers were really tricky, so it was kind of hard for us to get on, get a touch on them. So I think it kind of galvanises a bit because if if you make a decision like that as players, and he fully backed it at the end anyway, so he, he was fine with it. But obviously we've made that decision in the game, and I think when I say it galvanised us, we've made that decision, so we're going to have to prove that that's the right decision to make. And I really do think it that kind of spurred us on even more. We was already 1-0 down. They scored within one or two minutes, direct from a corner. So... We kind of we had to, we knew we had to step it up, and I think that just kind of gave us a natural back to what we know. We were very comfortable in that formation, and yeah, we got some more chances from that. And I think it, yeah, we had to prove a point. Like I said, we had to prove a point. We had to make it the right decision. Otherwise, we don't know what would have happened at half time. So. so midway through the game, let me just get this straight: you just decided to change formation without consulting Andy. How does that actually go about during a game? That sounds you, really bad. Now yeah, you, you, like you, you as the captain, do you kind of just do a little bit of a team huddle on the side when there's a, a slight lull in play and just say, this is what we're going to do. We're going to make something happen here. We're going to a back four because this isn't working. No, I, I don't know how to explain it now. Um, <laughs> Andy will be so, listening to this. <laughs> so I don't know. It just, it, I think it went out for a corner. I'm pretty sure they, it might have been like the third or fourth corner they had. Maybe it sounds worse in my head as in how bad it was. It, 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 we was fine, but we just knew that we felt that a four would have been better. I asked a few on the corner before, I said to, I think it was Westy, I said, do you feel really exposed? She said, yeah. I was like, okay, clogs were ticking. And then we kind of all just agreed at that point. There was a few of us that kind of said it together and we just said, yeah, we'll do it. And then hope for the best. And it, you know, again, we trust ourselves and we trust us and we're a good team. So we knew that we had to prove a point and I think it, I think it sort of was the right decision in the end. So go on to win. In the dressing room at the end, does Andy bring that up straight away? What's that conversation sound like? Well, it kind of got brought up at half time. Um, we was walking in and it was 1 1. We just scored before half time. Look, maybe luckily. Thankfully, yeah, you're thankfully, back in luckily, it. yeah. I was laughing on the way in because I said to Liv, um, my centre off partner, I said, Do you think he knows? And she was like, Yeah. Yeah, I think he's, I think he's noticed. So it was kind of like laughing about it. And then um, when we got in, we all had a chat. Um, Andy normally leaves Andy and the coaches normally leave us for a, I don't know five minutes to kind of have a chat between ourselves and figure what's going well what we need to work on and then he came in and said so you've gone to a four and we was like yeah so he's like no that's fine he's like look I, it's fine just need to be aware of this this and this and that was it yeah we we pushed on from there really and carried on doing well and get, like I say eventually won the game so it was fine I get a sense then that your team they're very open and they're very fluid and they're very for other people having a view. And that's either Andy as a coach or yourself as the captain. Everyone can just chip in and they're all wanting the best result. It doesn't matter the hierarchy in the women's team. 
No, I mean, we have a lot of respect for Andy. His decisions, you know, we respect everything he does for us and the, the positions he puts us in and the way he, tr- he coaches us and everything. We really respect him. Um, I think it's important for players to kind of show their leadership skills, not just me as a captain. I think it's important for everyone to kind of step up and tell you how they feel or if they notice something in the game that's going to help the team. It's all about the team, ultimately. that We all want to win. We all have got the same goals. We've all got the same... You know, end goal is what we wanted to win the league and we've done that. So, yeah, it's important to, for people to have a voice and an opinion in the right way, obviously. We can't just be going, I want this, I want this, I want this, but um, pushing towards the same goal and I think that's that's the way, the way it goes. Yeah, I think I was getting at there's such, obviously, respect amongst everybody yeah. in the squad um, that it doesn't matter what position you play or, you know, who you are. If you've got, uh, you know, I guess the right attitude or the, or, the, or the right thought of the match, then you're able to to implement what you want, even if it is in the middle of a, a cup final. If yeah, it will work, then, you know, everyone's for you making those decisions. Um, let's just talk about celebrations then, because I know you're you're a mother and your two boys were watching you win the cup. I mean, they came over straight away and were part of the celebrations with you. Just tell me about moments like that and what that means to you and, and your family. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's really special my my husband brought them down and um, a few family friends and my family as well. So, yeah, I think I've always said, like, I think it's important to show my boys, like, how, what hard work means and what it can do. And I think the boys just, they just love it. Like, the way they walked out, they know all the girls and they all make a fuss of them. And they just, yeah, they were really proud and sort of happy to take part and, well... They kind of lifted the trophy with me, but then hid because of all the champagne that came out. So I was just glad that they didn't get covered in champagne because I was absolutely soaked. So, and what what do you think they say when they go to school on a Monday to their friends when they've had the weekend like they have on consecutive weekends pretty much now? You know, you you must know them. Are they just beaming with pride and go and tell all their mates at school? Yeah, I think I think so. My Ruben's my oldest; he's eleven, so he's obviously a bit more aware. Connor's only five; um, he's just started out at school, so. Yeah, I think I think so. I ask him sometimes, like, did you did anyone say anything? He was like, oh yeah, my teacher knows, and like, they, obviously a few of the teachers kind of aware of, um, and they've seen him on telly and things and, and newspapers and stuff. But um, yeah, I think I think they're just really proud, and they get to, they get the moments like Ruben was mascot at the man, my new game here as well um, for the men, and little bits like that they really appreciate. I don't, they perhaps don't know how lucky they are in so in terms of that, but they they really do appreciate it. And I think, like I say, my oldest Ruben now, I think he's starting to understand kind of the the things that he gets involved in, and he really enjoys it. Yeah, amazing, special memories that they'll have kind of going forward. And I know they're fans as well of, of the men's side. We'll get into that shortly. I want to go on to to this trophy next. This obviously happened only at the weekend. It's fresh in the memory, fresh in the body, fresh in the throat as well here, guys, if you are just tuning in. Um, how did you go from putting that to bed at the League Cup? As a team, as a collective, not just you, but, you know, as a captain, trying to then galvanise your team, what do you try and do to make your team feel as comfortable as possible and get them, you know, up and ready to try and to win the title? Where, you know, when there's other, other permutations which could go different ways. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm quite calm. Um, I, I try to lead by example. So I knew that some people might be nervous. To be honest, I was feeling it a little bit too. I was feeling it in, in the morning in my tummy. I felt a bit, I didn't feel nervous, but I just felt something a bit different. So I went and watched a local football game because I thought I need something to take my mind off it a little bit. Um, so I went and watched one of the girls that come to support us. So um, I'd say, yeah, I'd say trying to be calm, 
demand the standards. We all we all kind of do that anyway, um, and try and lead by example. But we've we've been involved in big games, and we knew that it was just a case of doing what we've done all season, focusing on our strengths, the way we want to play, and just keeping everyone sort of calm and and composed. There was a funny story actually. Um, before I can't remember what game it must have been. I think it was West Brom. Andy had said he put he put this um, quote up on the board and said. To Rosetta, she's from New Zealand. Um, he said, "What does this mean?" It was in Maori, and she said, "Oh, um, it was called, it was said Wakapapa." And she said, um, "You said Zeti, what does that mean?" And she said, "Does it mean cool, calm, and collected?" And we was all laughing our heads off because he'd actually wrote the description of what this word meant underneath, and it was linked to sort of ancestry and following your fam- your roots of of the way it goes. Um, so we, that was all, we've all kind of been using that, whack-a-papa, be cool, calm and collected, as our sort of like little motto that we say to each other to kind of, it brings us a laugh for one, yeah. but we know that that sentiment of being cool, calm and collected is the way we need to, you know, act and, and play. So we all kind of said a bit of that in the team talk and I, I do think that kind of, it spurred, yeah, not spurred us on, but you know, it helped us relax a bit. We had a bit of a joke, but then we knew that let's get down to business and, and get the job done as well. Are you a team talk kind of person? A quote person? Obviously, Andy brought in this whacker papa. Is that <laughs> yeah. correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, I wouldn't say a quote person. We always, Before the game um, kicks off, we always have a little huddle on the pitch. Yeah. And I always say something. It's never planned. It's just the way I feel at the time. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say quote person. I, I, I know Andy's a big, big on quotes and he likes giving us these quotes and... I like them, but I don't sort of use them myself. Um, but I liked, I think it's important for us to kind of have a focus like that to to point us towards the game. But um. Yeah, you mentioned Andy then, a little bit about him. Because he's been here since 2019 now. What, what has been the biggest thing that he's brought in that has resulted in this change, would you, would you say? I really enjoy the training that we do, to be honest. I think the intensity that we bring in training that's from the sports scientists and the coaching team as well but um the intensity that we have I think really the f- gives us obviously the fitness um I think that shows in our, the games and the way we play I think our attacking prowess is, has been phenomenal this season that's shown in again our goal difference this season is, is obviously what's won as the the league title in the end anyway and I think that's kind of something that we work on and the freedom he gives us to go and play um and kind of work on our strengths that we he trusts us to go out there and, and do the job. And obviously you guys aren't professionals. So what does your week look like in training? And, you know, do you get a bit of a plan that you go and implement in any spare time that you get, which I can't imagine for you, Lindsay, as much? Um, yeah, so we, we he sometimes um, sends in like the session plans. We kind of know what we're working towards that week or when we come. So we train on a Tuesday. We train um, on a Thursday as well on the pitch. On a Wednesday, we have gym and analysis. So normally we go over things that have either, you know, we've done well in the week before, what we're working on the week um, come in, what, what the strengths of the other team, our strengths and what how we're going to use them. Um, so, yeah, it gives us a sort of a plan of what, what our aims are that, that week and um, the session plans of what we're going to work towards. But before every training session, we kind of know what we're doing that session. So put the work in at training to do that. How has the, the team evolved? Because I'd say you guys seem like you're great friends off the pitch and has that evolved over time or is that something that Andy has managed to curate as well since he's been here well I think a lot of us have been here a little while now so 
Andy, like I say, Andy's been here four years. There's a few of us that have been here that long as well. So Liv Cork, myself, Georgia Hewitt, um, Asia, LJ O'Neill. I hope I'm not missing anyone out. That's the ones I can think of at the minute. Um, and then there's been a few added on um, that keep... So that a few of the other girls have been there for quite a few seasons now. Um, and then this season we've added, added a couple more that have really sort of spurred us on and, and give us more even more than we already have. So Yaz Mosby and Sophie Domingo have come in, Rosetta Taylor's come in. Um, our strength in depth now is is what... I think that's what's won is this league. Our strength all over the field, no matter who's playing, no matter who's on the bench, we can all do the job. And I think that's that's ultimately what's... Yeah, we're, we're a very good side, but it's not just happened over one year. We've kind of been building towards this. We've been really working hard and like I say the, the girls that have come in have really upped the ante and and that's we've got a, we've got quite a tight group like you say we we are friends off the pitch mm. and I don't I think that's it's very it's come very organically and it's not forced it's just we like each other's company we're already saying that we we're not training tonight so we're already missing we're already saying like we normally train on a Tuesday so we're already missing each other we want to see each other again that, that's the way that's the kind of relationships we have we we enjoy each other's company we like training and we've done a few sort of psychology sessions as well. And I think that's that's helped us too. I think... What have you learned in those? Just, it was kind of like opening up to each other about certain things um, on and off the pitch. Um, or there's certain moments you can, you know, it's on the pitch that you can help each other. So I don't, I don't want to give too much away. Obviously, it's kind of, yeah, we've kind of worked towards that. but um, Kind of I signals. Th- yeah, little yeah. bits. That, or you kind of... So someone might go I feel like this when this happens and you know that now so you might react say something different to them because you know that's how they are whereas other people might like a shouting at or arm around the shoulder so it's just kind of knowing each other's personalities and what they kind of prefer um, on and off the pitch to kind of help them and help the team ultimately help the team like I say that's that's the ultimate goal so yeah I think we've we've really come close to this season and and that's been building over a few years now. Yeah, so some individual strategies, I think, is kind of what I probably have, have seen the, you've been talking about. But in terms of, I guess, being, you know, you're not professional. You, you have a job still. How difficult is it as well to, you know, come in and turn up for training when you do three, three days a week, then go to a match day at the weekend, hold down a full-time job, Build relationships with the coach, with the players, and keep your family happy. I mean, that's loads of plates spinning at once. There. I mean, yeah. How it, do you go about your working out your week? Yeah, it's a bit chaotic, um, and a lot of the girls are in a similar situation. Yeah. Obviously, I'm the only one with children, but everyone's got either work, university, um, whatever else they're doing outside of training and things. So it's yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot to kind of balance, but. We all say, we've all said it um, sort of over the years that we won't play football and do everything we, we do if we didn't want to. We love going to football. It kind of takes your mind off the normal stresses of life and work. So you might have had a really bad day at work, but you go to training and you, you're doing something you love and you're enjoying your training and you're enjoying each other's company and working hard together. So I think a lot of them will say the same as well, but it's fa- thanks to our families that kind of put us in them positions the, f- the work they've put in over the years taken us here there and everywhere when we was younger and and now sort of my mum and dad my husband and everyone all in my family looking after my kids for me sometimes when I need it and things like that so without their support I wouldn't be able to kind of get to the places I need to be at all the time so 
yeah, like you say, yeah, it's chaotic, but we, we just love doing it and it, it's a good, it's good. And enjoy it while you can because football doesn't last forever. So that's the main thing. Work hard while you're there and just enjoy it while you can. And can I, can I say, if you get promoted to the championship, how would that change how you go about your life? Could you say no to a couple of days work? Like, would that change things? I don't know. Have you thought I, to look that far ahead? I'm supposed to my boss yet, so I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, no, I mean, all seriously, I don't know what the plans are yet. I don't know. Um, there's conversations to be had in that, so we'll see what happens. And I just want to focus on that game first and foremost and then see see where it takes us. But I'm hoping that everything can balance still because that's what I love doing both things. So I, I wouldn't want it to kind of affect either. So we'll see see how it works and what the sort of schedule looks like. One more game left this season and you obviously have to play the top of the Southern division. That's how you get promoted. It's so tough and it's set to change, but you have to do this process this year for one final time. Tell us about this. Yeah, so um, it's been decided, I think it was at the weekend that it got announced um, that whoever wins next year either side is getting promoted and to be honest yeah we thought that I'm glad they've done that um it we knew that the start of the season that where we was going to be at if we if we won so it's not changed our outlook on that um we've all said it in the in our group chats that let's be the last ones to try and win it then that's that's our goal that's our ambition so nothing's changed for us in terms of this season so um, yeah, we've just got to keep going and, and see where see what happens in that game. And yeah, it's annoying that it's been announced after, but that's where we are. So that, nothing we can do to change that. So it's going to go down to the wire. If people want to come watch, because it's on the same day as the last home game against yeah. Arsenal here at the City Ground. Um, it's so hard to get a ticket to watch these boys. Where can they come watch you? Well, they might be able to sneak both in. If oh, it's a good extra better. time. I mean, I'm not condoning speeding on the motorway or anything, but our kickoff's at one o'clock, 20th of May at MK Don Stadium. Um, and obviously the men are playing, I think it's half past five against Arsenal. So there's a chance that they could make both if we obviously do it in the in the full time rather than extra time. So, yeah, I mean, it would be great to see. Obviously, it's difficult if a lot of people that come on watches are Forest season tick holders as well. So... Obviously, they've already paid for them tickets, so I, I, you know, it's up to them who they come and support, and there's no harm in that. But um, it'll be great to see as many Forest fans there as we can, because I think the support we've had this season has been outstanding. And at Burton for the League Cup final, it was really special to see so many red shirts, so many singing um, for us. All the Academy boys came down and supported us, which was really nice of them. And yeah, they were singing a lot of songs throughout that game, so it was it kind of spurred us on. Them dying minutes when it was really getting quite tough and was getting quite leggy, they they spurred us on. So, any Forest fans that want to get down there, we'd really appreciate the support too. I think I heard someone say they were singing about being in a library at one of the games. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. They did. They did say that. It was quite funny actually. We all had a little giggle on the pitch. It's funny because you know when you're playing, you don't really normally. Sometimes you can't really take in what's being said in the crowd, but if it goes out for a corner or like a, a throw-in or something, it kind of stops. So you can't you can kind of hear it a lot more. And yeah, I think that was one point where they started singing that. So yeah, it did bring a laugh to us. I mean, how has that changed as well since you kind of started your career here, which was absolutely years ago now? Like Thanks. I mentioned, <laughs> we're a sim- I'm older than you. We're okay. a similar age, don't worry. Um, but obviously 12 years actually in the shirt, obviously with a stint, stint away. But, you know, how has that changed in just 
you know, the support of people coming to watch and people really getting behind just the women's team as well. Not kind of like a secondary to, oh, we're going to come and see the boys, but actually, first and foremost, they come and support you guys. Have you seen that change happen? Yeah, I think so, definitely. Um, we've seen it in the attendances this season. It's, it's kind of grew and grew. Um, I think that's thanks to the men's do getting to the Premier League as well. It's created that buzz. Last season was unreal for the men, you know, getting promoted the way they did. And that's kind of helped us as well. Um, and then obviously the women, the, the England women winning the Euros, That's, I think that's boosted the sort of the interest in the women's game as well. Um, I think it's a long time coming, to be honest. I think it's when people come and watch the games us or whoever whatever local team or the WSL or whatever team they go and watch I think people that haven't given it a chance before are pleasantly surprised at how sort of the quality the standards that the women's games got and I, I, that's what's special about it people it's, it's very family friendly as well you don't a lot of people are happy to come to a game especially at Eastwood when we play there the kids can just run around they aren't sat in a seat where they have to sit and watch the game they can have a little run around so um, it's quite refreshing yeah, definitely a family friendly. I think anyone that goes really enjoys it and they want to come back for more. When As soon as they come down to a game, they want to come back for more. Are you able to still build those relationships with the fans that come and watch you as well? Because there are still limited attendances than what we get, say, at the city ground, for example. Do you have like some, some stories where there's the same you know, family come and watch you week in, week out, and that you've got to know them over a, a period of years since you've been at the club. And actually, you now kind of say they're, they're more like friends. Yeah, I think there's a lot of that, to be honest. That's that's how it starts, isn't it? Like there's, it's come with, I don't know, a couple of hundred fans to... Obviously, when we played here, it was 5,000, which obviously can hold a lot more than Eastwood. But you see that you do see them same faces, um, and then extras have, have started coming along too. Well, there, there was some mascots on Sunday there's two twins sorry one pair of twins um, that came um, and they've been coming all season and they got to be mascots in the last game of the season um, they're big fans of Hayley James so she arranged that to kind of get them walking out with us um, I've made quite a few friends through through that to be honest there's a few families that have come um, they've even missed some home games for the Forest men to come and watch us because they've really backed us this season so well, at our games, we we speak to pretty much every fan. Mm. As you're going off, everyone's there asking for their shirts to be signed or having photos, and I think that's what the the kids and and the parents like about it that we can because there's less play um, less less fans there is that we're more accessible for them to kind of have them conversations with and get shirts signed and and things like that. So the kids just love it. Do any of the girls like that? especially to kind of go oh I want to go and talk to all the fans and get my shirt signed and this are there some that just love the limelight in your squad um uh, to be honest I think we all I think it's all about appreciating what they do for us that we we've 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 all probably been there where there's been like 100 fans there yeah. and then we've gone to Sunday at Eastwood and we had 1700 fans there so I think we all know how much we appreciate all their support so we we love it to be we all love it to be fair um and yeah, I think it's important for us to kind of show the fans what they mean to us, um, and especially the young girls and boys that come out, and they might want to they want to do that one day as well. So it's important for us to do that. And you mentioned when you got to play here at the City Ground. I mean, as a lifelong Forest fan yourself, that must have drawn up quite a few emotions when you got to walk out of there. Yeah, um, 
it's really special and I think just looking out and obviously the amount of games I've watched here and, and kind of seen that and I've always wanted to do it I've always wanted to walk out uh, lead the team out and yeah it's really special and um, this year obviously we played Derby here and we won which was it made it even more special especially against them <laughs> it always is special against them but to, to have it here was, was amazing Was there a way that you savoured that moment? Did you have your family here with you? Do you ever repeat that, you know, on reflection? Do you look back and go, wow, I don't think I ever thought I'd get to play at this ground, the one I love so much? I don't know. I, I think when I look back, do you know when I retire and I look back, I think that's when I'll fully kind of grasp what I've done or what you've been able to do to come here. Um, at the moment, you just obviously focus on the game and, and things like that. But yeah, I think when you reflect back and, and kind of look at, the opportunities you've had through football I think that will be the time that I'll really treasure it even more yeah and especially as a Forest fan yourself we've already kind of you know spoken a little bit about what they've achieved obviously coming up from the championship now being in the Premier League do you separate Lindsay the footballer the captain of the women's team to the Forest fan when you come and attend the games do you just become a fan or is it just completely merged in your life and your family um I don't know. I don't think I'd act change. I don't think I'd act any differently. Um, do you get involved here? Do you sing the song? Yeah, definitely. Of course I do. Yeah. What you should have seen us at Wembley. We all went. It was amazing. So, yeah, I've always been a Forest fan and I couldn't imagine, you know, missing out on them moments. So, yeah, I think I'm just, I'll just be myself. Um, always support. Um, bring my boys down a lot as well and they love it. So, yeah, it's just enjoying the moment. And yeah, of course I get involved in the songs. <laughs> with, the, with the fan hat on. Do you get more nervous when you come here watching than you do playing? Definitely. You do? Yeah, definitely. I, I think it, when you're playing, you, you, you kind of, you're in control of what can happen on the pitch, aren't you? But when, you, when you're watching, I'm so nervous. That, like all the way through the playoffs and everything last season, and there's been a lot of games this season where it's been, you know, nail-biting moments. And yeah, definitely feel more nervous watching. I think... Most of the girls, it, even it, when you're on the bench, it's the same. Like when you're on the pitch, you can you kind of control your emotions a bit more because you're in the game. But watching them, it's yeah, it's really hard. And and tell me about um, being a Forest fan. Obviously, it's lifelong. You're here, born and bred in the city. Um, was it always a given? Where did that come from? Your mum, your dad? Is it generations of Forest fans in your family? Well, my my granddads are both from Newcastle originally. Um, so there's a so you could have been yeah, but them. they're all kind of everyone's kind of Forest fans. There's a few of my family and Notts County fans. My my granddad's brother is a Notts County fan, but um, I think everyone is pretty much Forest fans in my in my family, really. So yeah, it's kind of there wasn't really any choice, and I'm I'm kind of glad there wasn't to be honest. So I, I think I'd always choose Forest. Um, yeah, all, we've always been to watch um, as a youngster. Always had the Forest shirts on. I don't think I was out of a Forest shirt as a little girl what um, was your favourite one can you remember one um, I can remember the, there was like a, I don't know if it was Pinnacle it well was, you remember as a sponsor isn't it yeah the, pi- yeah, or the, the Labatt's ones um, I remember a white one with it had like a red and black stripe down and I think the badge was circle on that one um, I can't remember who had the back on the back of it but I loved every forest shirt to be honest I always wanted one for my birthday and Christmas so yeah, I don't think I was out of one. And the, all the gear, probably I would have a forest hat on at some point as well all the time. So my brother always pulls out the pictures to try and embarrass me with them. So, yeah. And as yourself as a youngster, obviously always a forest fan. Did you play football from a from a young age? Like, How did you get started and, and think you wanted to be a footballer? Especially, you know, 
back then when there weren't as many role models as if we were both growing up now, I would have chosen to be a footballer for sure. Yeah. I can see, you know, what we can achieve. And yeah, there's so many kind of absolute heroes now to look up to. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, like you say, this, the way the game's changed now, I think to say how accessible it is on telly, we didn't have that. We kind of watched the men's football. Um, I've got an older brother who's two years older than me. Um, he was into football, so I was into football. Whatever he did, I kind of followed. Um, I started out with a boys' team, actually. He played for the two years above. Um, I think it was like under sevens or under eights that I started at. So that's kind of where it where it started, probably in the garden. I, th- I remember once we um, was playing on the front garden. I think it was, I think I was in goal actually. It was my brother was shooting at me, probably blasting at me like like brothers would do, especially older brothers. Yeah, exactly, toughing me up. Um, and I think I, I, I can't remember if it was him or me that shot. I can't remember, but one of us had tipped it. It went through the glass window at the front. We smashed the window. I think it was a Sunday afternoon. My mum and dad had probably just made Sunday dinner and we're chilling, and we 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 broke the glass window at the front, so I was in a bit of trouble, but. We literally always played football. Any opportunity we got, we was playing football at the park or with friends. Um, and that's where my love of football grew, um, playing at school. And then I started at under 10s at Forest Girls um, when I was about eight. And it, it just kind of progressed from there. I couldn't, it's hard to imagine my kind of life without football, to be honest. It's always something I've wanted to do. Um, but at, at eight and nine, I, I didn't really imagine what what the game would be like it's kind of the way it's progressed it's it's amazing really that young girls now can can grow up wanting to be a professional footballer and it's achievable um and I think that's really special and I'm glad it's got to this point and it can continue to grow and I hope it does and I know it will the way it's going the momentum it's building and sort of the opportunities it's bringing for people people always ask me um do you wish he was born 10 years later? And no, I don't, to be honest. I think being part of that transition of the way it's way it's progressed from seeing seeing clubs not have many fans and the way it's people selling out stadiums now, like Arsenal women um, selling out the Emirates, England selling out Wembley, like it's amazing. And to be part of that kind of, obviously not playing in them games, but you know what I mean? Being part of that the over the years, is it's really quite special and something that... All the women in, in women's football should be really proud of, of of making that grow. Obviously, you said that your older brother kind of got you into it because he was playing football, so you decided to do it. Were you ever deterred because there weren't opportunities as a young girl when there weren't girls' teams that you could go and play? You had to kind of... Did you, did you have to go and try and play in a boys' team and yeah. try and find opportunities for yourself? Yeah, definitely. It's, they, they do kind of stick with me, their moments, to be honest. Um... I remember once we, um, I think it was me and my cousins and my brother, we'd gone to play at like a local park. I, I can't remember how old it was, maybe maybe 11 or 12 or something like that. And you know the moments where you're, you're picking teams and who's you're all stood there and you, who's going to be last? And I remember it was one boy and my brother was one of the other captains picking the teams. And the other boy went, well, I don't want her, she's a girl. And my brother went, Lindsay, come on my team. He knew I could play football, but the other boy didn't know I could play football. And I kind of... Then moments kind of spurred me on to prove a point and you can look back at him and think, oh, it's quite sad actually that boys would think like that, but he didn't know. Probably an innocent thing, kids can be mean sometimes. Um, I guess maybe that's why I'm so competitive um, because moments like that, you kind of, that's where it spurs you on and you want to prove a point to whoever's watching or whoever's doubting you. 
and people will go through moments in their life like that where it might not be to do with sport, it might be something else that they think you're not good enough, but I think it's important to show, believe in yourself um, and kind of prove them wrong. There's such lack of opportunities. I remember when I... Um was probably about six or seven and I really wanted to play football and my friend at the time she used to play for Norwich City actually and she was absolutely obsessed with it and we went down to the local park to try and play on the boys team and they wouldn't have us so my dad came and ended up being the coach for the women's side which was me and Harriet that was it, Love it. Uh, that was my only opportunity and because there weren't any I ended up going and play netball and then I was a runner that was kind of my thing but I would have loved to have been given the opportunities that Definitely. the young girls have now but do you think your sons because they're around you do they now see women's and men's football on a parallel? Do they see it as the same thing, do you think, because they're exposed to you playing on a weekly basis? Yeah, I think so. And it, they always ask, say if we say a game's on telly, or my husband's really into women's football as well, he, he probably watches it more than he, me. Well, he has to be, right? Well, yeah. But <laughs> Otherwise, say, before you, not a happy household. Yeah. <laughs> so before he was with me, he did watch like the FA Cup final has been here a few times, and that kind of... He liked it from there. He's, he loves any football. He would watch Dog and Duck FC against, you know, he would watch every football, but he's really into women's football. So he'll go, I don't know, Arsenal against Wolfsburg on telly. And my boys will go, women or men? Like they, And they like watching both as well. So I think, like you say, them seeing um, women's football at a stage like that and get, being around it every week, I think it's important for them and people their age to see that everyone can do whatever they want to do. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. You can you can all do the same things. Yes, they might be fitter, faster, stronger than us because genetically or physically we can't compete in that respect. But when you look at the technical ability, the skill level, we can definitely compete. And tell me about playing for the England squad as well. Obviously, you played in the England squads growing up and being part of that squad with some of the women that you're now seeing as, as European champions... Um, you know, do you have stories of any of those and what they were like to compare to what you see now on, on the TV and these kind of successful lionesses that are, you know, spurring the next generation on? Yeah, I think when I look back on them times, it's, yeah, it feels a bit weird. Like you see them all on telly now and um, people like Lucy Bronze got the world's best player award. And when you when you play with them sorts of players, um in the training ga- and the games, you you know, kind of, you can see that special thing about them. You you know they're they're going to be one of the best. But I think she would probably even say like it's amazing that what she's achieved. And I don't know if she imagined that. I'm sure she did. She's very ambitious. So yeah, them them times were amazing. And to get that opportunity to play for your country, I think it was really special. And my family got to come and watch and. They loved it. So that my, my debut was actually in England. So we played up in Rochdale and Bury um, in the qualifiers for the Euros under 19. So all my family came to watch. I remember my dad, he had this, um, he's, 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 a, he's a builder by trade, um, but he had this red bus that was like a mini bus. And for some reason he was using that as his like work van. So for that day they they got all the the seats down in the bus and basically brought a busload of people up to come and watch um and support everyone but um yeah like you say there's a lot of players in that team then that are still in the squad now so Lucy Bronze um Demi Stokes um Jordan Nobbs was in that team she's in and around the the squads again Laura Coombs um I just look back on them times in, with pride to be honest and yeah some good memories we got to go you get to visit places that you would never probably go to. We went to 
um, Macedonia for the under 19s Euro finals. So mum and dad came out there as well with their good friends and made, I think they came for the whole two weeks. Um, and when they went to the hotel, they were, all the staff were really shocked that someone had come to Macedonia for two weeks. Obviously, like a, a land, landlocked country that um, perhaps don't get many visitors for that long. But they absolutely loved it. They said the, 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 like, the locals were so friendly and really embraced sort of the, the, court, uh, the, you know, the, fa- the fandom and everything that went with the Euros. Um, what was yeah. it like being part of that setup, though? Because I know as, when you're young as well, I was lucky enough to represent my country for running and I just remember the best bit about it was just getting this kit, the kit this massive mate. bag of everything you could want and I kind of forgot about running for the country I was like yeah I get like free shorts and socks and like you know what else was just kind of blew you away being part of that England setup I think yeah well that to be honest when I made my debut in in the under 19s that was the first time I've ever been picked for England so yeah. It was a bit, it did feel a bit weird to me. Like all these, a lot of the other girls had been there through the age groups. Under 19s was my first. Um, so yeah, I didn't really know what to expect or what we'd get given or whatever. So I think when I went to the World Cup, that was the kind of, it felt a lot bigger than the Euros. Yeah. It felt more, I don't know, there was like security and things like that, which in the Euros, it, I don't think it was as, as, as like as many. And the amount of kit we got at the under nine, under 20s World Cup was ridiculous like you say we was all going well what do we wear tonight which shirt do we put on what trousers do we put on so we would like to have like a itinerary of what to wear at that night or or whatever it was so yeah I think that was like you say the the amount of kit you get and like the police escorts to the games it was it was a bit surreal to be honest obviously not like it is now for the women obviously it would be much more um I don't think many would have potentially come to watch that compared to now obviously but yeah it was it was really special and what do you think you learned from being in that England setup, which obviously even back then was elite level, was the best of the best that you've kind of taken with you just in life in general and obviously in your footballing career for being still playing at this top level at, you know, in your thirties. Yeah, I think, I think it was more the hard work that you could see how much hard work everyone put in, in the training, the the intensity was so high um, and the level of quality was so high. So obviously you're at your club. I was at Forest at the time that I was there anyway. Um, and then you go into your age group, the best of the best, like you say, um, that's selected. And it was just, the intensity was ridiculous. Um, and I think sort of the schedule that you go through, the amount of food I ate on that trip. Because it was free. Yeah, because <laughs> you just couldn't stop eating. You were so hungry because you're almost by the end of it, you was like, I don't think I can eat anymore because I was, it's always seemed like training, eat, sleep, training, eat, sleep. It was very like, and and sometimes we'd have games in the morning, so you'd have to eat like a pre-match pasta before. I'm sure the men are used to that, but we I wasn't used to that. We would just train twice a week at Forest um, at the time. Um, so it was kind of, it felt like you was professional at that point, even though I knew I wasn't, but it felt like you was kind of living a professional sort of schedule. Um, and obviously a lot of the girls that are, that are in that now are professional. Um, so they were just getting used to that but I mean it was all good food but it just felt like a lot of food but um, we obviously needed it to fuel for for training and everything that we was doing so it was important to get that in. You mentioned there obviously when you started uh, Forest as well I think you got your debut in 2005 you play you were training sorry just two times a week how different was the Forest then before you had your stint away as well to what it is now what did that look like in terms of you didn't even train at Wilford Road did you? No, um, I'm trying to think where we trained. I think we trained a bit all over th- them points. Um, 
and we've we've played at like Baseford and, and Carlton and, and places like that. So yeah, I think it's kind of moved with the way that women's football was moved um, and and progressed. We had a very good team, by the way, back then as well. So it was we were actually champions of the same league in 2007-2008 season. So that came up on my memories a few few days ago. Someone shared it. Um, I read like a YouTube video that PJ Andrews had put together and sort of the the highlights of that season. So to relive that again was special, obviously, to win the same league. Um, the way it's progressed, the opportunities that have come with it, the more the more sort of resource, resources and the way the club have got behind, behind us now and supported us. Um, and that's what's helped move the game. Um, along with the amount of fans you get in. Yes, we're not, we're not selling out stadiums like obviously the higher level of women's football, but everything's kind of moving forward and, and progressing nicely. And that's what's happened with women's football around the country. And 250 appearances for yourself at the beginning of this year. Yeah. What a milestone. Yeah. I mean, when you put it like that, it's, it makes me feel old, but... <laughs> I'm not trying to make you feel old here. <laughs> no, but yeah, it's proud. And I think... Um, I don't, I don't really know what I imagined when I was a kid. I made my debut at 14. Back then you could play when you was 14. I think it's 16 now. Um, and I remember the season that I think it actually changed um, that you had to be 16 when I was 15. So I'm, I'm, my birthday's 30th of August. So the season normally starts mid-August. So I had to wait out two games to be able to play again. So I'm, it must have been the year that we, either the year after or the year before we got promoted, actually. So, yeah, I, I mean... To be a Nottingham girl, Forest fan, um, born and raised in the city, it's really special for me and my family to obviously play that many times for my, my my hometown club. And with the progression of Forest, and we're not trying to jinx anything here of what may or might happen, you know, do you just want to play for as long as possible and see where this club kind of can get to at the moment, especially with Andy in charge and the group of women you have? Yeah, definitely. I think as long as they'll have me, I'd love to play for this club. Till, till retirement you know I'd, I can't imagine not playing for Forest but obviously there might become a time where that doesn't happen and I, I'll have to accept that but yeah I just I love this club and I love wearing the badge and it's always a proud moment pulling it on. You are such a passionate and I have to get this right because we didn't get this right with Scarpa. Nottinghamer? What's you call a Nottingham person? <laughs> I don't know. We didn't know. What do I don't We know. said like we're like and then on YouTube they commented sorry guys um like what do you like if I if you're from like a Londoner? What do Nottingham, you? That doesn't sound right. I know. Though, does it? Anyway, even, I don't know. You get my you point. Can decide on that. You're a big Nottingham girl, <laughs> like through and through. Um, you had your wedding over the road at Trent, Trent Bridge. Was I right? Yeah. Looking at that and Instagram. doing some snooping, aren't you? I mean, <laughs> that just shows what this city means to you and why you talk with great passion about this club. Yeah, I mean. I think I don't know if it was the second or first venue we went to see. Um, but was we this the first? They said we no, don't do weddings. I think no, we didn't want to do it here. It'd just be too obvious, you know. We're both Daniel's a Forest fan as well. Big, he's a season to call. He has been for many years, so it'd probably been too obvious. Um, but yeah, we just loved the setup at, at Trent Bridge, so it was really nice. So yeah, we went ahead with it, and it was a lovely day. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you just ooze it and you, you're regular at the Panthers as well. Like, how important is it for you to support all the sport that goes on in this city and just be a massive part of, like, the community around here? Yeah, I think the boys just love it as well. My, my, my two sons, they just love going to any kind of occasion they can go to, any sporting, um, especially, like you say, from Nottingham. Um, we've been to the Panthers quite a lot and they love all the songs and everything that go with it. So, 
Yeah, I just think, to be honest, it's keeping the boys busy. That's what it comes to, getting them out of the house and keeping them busy. Um, and yeah, supporting the local teams is, is important to all of us. What are the boys going to be then? Cricketers, ice hockey players, footballers? I don't know. Ruben's into taekwondo. He's oh, just, okay, got yeah. it wrong. So he's just got his red belt at taekwondo. Um, Connor, I'm not sure yet. He's into football quite a lot. Um, so we'll see. He's only five, so he can choose whatever he wants. But um, yeah, we'll see. Um, and on a serious note, you are a mother of, of two boys. What was that like when you were pregnant? What did football like? What did football look like for you then? Did you have to to stop doing what you're doing? Could you could you train through it? Like, tell me how that worked its way out. Um, so I found out I was pregnant with Ruben sort of halfway through. So I missed the back end of the season I was in. It was when I was at Doncaster. It took a break halfway through, so I stopped. And then missed the second half of that season. Um, I had him in the October, and I was back in the January, um, ready for the preseason for the next the next season. So, yeah, that I missed a few few months, but I was kind of I was quite young then, so I was twenty. So I was I felt like I was fit and ready to go again pretty soon. But with um, with Connor, I, I think I would have been tw- he's six years younger, so twenty six, um, and I took a season out at that point. I mean, there's no right or wrong way to do it. I don't think um, it's how your body feels and how you feel with training and things. I know a lot of a lot of women still. I think midwives always kind of advise you to don't fully stop doing anything that your your body's used to doing. So t- trying to keep fit still, but obviously being being mindful of you. You know, you're growing a baby in your tummy, so you need to be be careful too. Um, so yeah, I missed one season with Connor and sort of half with Ruben. Did you worry that? having a child might affect your footballing career? Um, I, don't, I don't think I really thought of it like that. Do, yeah, they? I mean, it, yeah, I think people perhaps put it off because you never, you never know, do you? You never know sort of where your opportunities will come or if it, like you say, football's a sport, um, short time that you play, actually get to play football. So there's no right or wrong. You might be, a lot of people have older uh, children when they're older or younger. So I think it depends on you. I kind of, I was. It made me more determined to come back. I'd say I knew that I wanted to be the best mother I could be, but I also wanted to still do my love, you know, play play football as much as I could, and kind of getting back into work as well. Obviously, after maternity, so um, yeah, I was just I was just really excited to go back, but still kind of be that mother at home as well. Do you think anyone else had a, a perception of you not possibly going back into the game? They look at you as if, oh, you're a mum and. Probably, but again, that goes back to me kind of proving people wrong. I I try not to listen to what too many people say if they've got an opinion like that, but I've got the support of my family and, and friends, so that was most important to me, and I was determined to get back into it again and kind of go from there. When, if Lindsay has any time to herself, what do you do? <laughs> what What do you like doing for yourself? I don't know, actually. Football is my love. Going out with, I like going out and we like going on walks as a family. Actually, that's one thing we all like to do: get in the outdoors, try something different. Whether it be we take the boys to a lot of climbing centres and things like that. I'd say most of my time is obviously entertaining the kids. We like going out for food. We always like Daniel's a big fish and chip lover. I mean, I don't have as many as him, obviously, being a footballer, but um, he loves it. So whatever. 
he, go, he go, even Googles it online and stuff to kind of see where we can go next. And the boys are really into fish and chips now. So What's the best one then in Nottingham? He always raves about um, the Lady B fish bar. So I think they're even following back on Instagram. So he must be a big fan of them. Um, Cod Scallop's always one of our favourites. So there's quite a few in Nottingham, to be fair. We're still to try some more. We love food chat here on the Nottingham Forest <laughs> podcast, don't you worry. Or a pizza. we like a pizza as well. There's a rustic crust in Farnsfield that we like going to. So that's quite nice. There we go. So yeah. we, know, we know your food choices and your walking hobby. Who's the <laughs> instigator, Lindsay, of kind of like team gatherings? Do you have someone in your squad that you'd say always gets everyone together and tries to keep the, the team as bonded as possible? I think there's a, there's quite a few of us, to be fair. There's not one person. We did have a... We've got a social committee, is Ooh, what we're called. Who's head of it? Um, I think in the chat is me... Georgia Hewitt, Liv Cook, and Ste- uh, Charlotte Steggles, Steggs. Yeah. Um, so maybe it says four. Um, you seem like you're raising your eyebrow that you haven't actually done anything on the social I'm calendar. Trying to, yeah, I'm trying to think. When did we actually last talk in that chat? I don't know. But it's already been put out today that they want. we're all missing each other, so we need to see each other again soon. Who's always the last on the training pitch? Probably me. Last, I'm last onto the pitch do you know, for Warbuck. I heard this. But I, d- I think it's become subconsciously part of my routine. I don't, I'm not like a big believer in, I don't, I haven't got a routine I always follow, but I kind of end up always being last and kind me and, it's always me and Liv Cook normally, sometimes Greengrass as well. Um, but it's, yeah, I like kind of being the last one out, making sure everyone's on and then we come out, so. Is it because you like it or you are too busy chatting or doing something you shouldn't be in the dressing room? Um... Maybe me and Liv Cook, Liv Cook is the chattiest person. So maybe it's a bit of that. She always does my hair for me. I don't know if you've seen pictures of us. She is the hairdresser of the team. So we have like a little uh, plait at the front. So she, I normally delay her because she's doing my plait. So I kind of feel obliged that we come out together. Um, may, like I say, subconsciously, I, I think it's been part of our thing now. But for the League Cup final, we all, all had to make sure we came out at a certain time because we was on quite tight timings to get back onto the pitch and sing the national anthem and things like that. So that was the only time I think we all came out and me led, I led the team out. In life, are you late to the party all the time? Um, don't tell work. Yeah, work would probably say that sometimes. I've been better this year. I've made a, a very conscious effort of trying to be on time because I know it's not good to be so late. So a non-punctual captain, I like it. Lindsay. Well, look, for appointments, um, I try my best and I am normally on time for appointments. You know, kid stuff, I'm always on time. So... I'm trying my best now to, I think, set the right example of being on time. Um, yeah, I'm tr- like I say, I'm trying my best. It was my New Year's resolution to be on time for work, and I have slipped a few times, but most of the time I am on time. I bet you don't miss kick-off here, do you? Never. No, never. I bet she, wa- <laughs> bet she watches the warm-up as well. Um, right, on that note, we're going to do the leaderboard. Oh, no. Dun-dun-dun! We have the leaderboard. Every guest of the podcast has to go through a very difficult set of questions. Okay, first question. You've just won the league. Who were the champions in the North Division last season? Wolverhampton Wanderers. Easy one to start with. One out of one. Okay, this one's quite maybe quite tricky. This year, on International Women's Day, the government introduced equal access to sports meaning girls can now play football at school. One of the lionesses posed this to the government. Which lioness was crucial for making this happen? I want to say Leah, Leah Williamson, but uh, it might not be that. Uh, 
I remember there was a post and everything, yeah. and there was a. I knew she'd remember it. It's getting the right lioness. They even did a post on Instagram, and I remember them all signing it and everything, and they were. Who would it be? I can't think. Lottie Wooden Moy. Oh. Do you remember? Yes. Now, now you said it. Yeah, now you've said it. Yeah. So I she was responsible it. for kind of starting that ball rolling. Anyway, one out of two, you're fine. Uh, number three. A former Forest teammate of yours was awarded the Golden Gloves Award at the Best Awards this year. Who was it? Golden Gloves. Two out of three. Do you remember playing with her? Was she here when you... What was she like as a person? Not here, actually. It was at Doncaster. Mm. I played with her. Yeah, so I think we missed each other at Forest. Yeah. I think she might have been in the youth team when I was in the first team or something like that. Um, she was always outstanding, to be honest. At Doncaster, she was... The standards she set for herself, very high. Um, and always knew she'd play for England. Um, she's... Yeah, she's, she's proven what a good player she is and, and person as well. Nottingham girl. Her parents still live this way? I think so, yeah. I think they're from West Bridgeford way. So, yeah. I saw she posted as well ahead of uh, the title this weekend, giving you a message. It must be nice to kind of have those links with, you know, former players here. Yeah, I think so. I think for her to show, you know, that link still and kind of supporters is really important for the young girls as well. You know, the young girls growing up um, in the youth teams, to, for them to see where she came from and the way she is now is really outstanding. So two out of three. Number four, Andy Cook is your coach. Name the other clubs that Andy has managed at. Clubs. Mm. There's only two points. Or? There's only two. Oh, you okay. get one. Arsenal and Oxford. Name one more. We're not giving oh. you Arsenal. We're giving you Oxford. Oh, okay. Think about like closer to his home. Middlesbrough. <laughs> Sunderland. Who was he that? boy, Durham. Was he? No points. Yeah. Was he Durham? And he, horse's mouth, he came and told us it's... Was he manager? Yeah. Oh. Oxford and Durham. Okay. Two out of uh, four. Five, Lindsay. Who is Forest Woman's top goal scorer this season? Charlotte Greengrass. How many? Uh, league games oh in total. total i think it's 22 isn't it oh my gosh yeah you're not getting a bonus point but still <laughs> and 22 as well. so three out of five for a bonus question you have to listen to what is going to be sent in your ears and tell me which player is this she's on your team did you know i'm not too bad at fifa i once played in a competition which rachel ran I know exactly who that is. <laughs> Doesn't sound too disguised either. I can. I don't know. If I know maybe I know her voice too well. Charlotte Steggles. <laughs> we was all laughing our head off when she got put in for a FIFA tournament. By the way, she didn't do too badly. She, yeah, yeah. She I got think, some prize money as well. I think she did some practice with yeah. uh, brother Jack as well before. So yeah, she did well. She did <laughs> who well. else is good at uh, FIFA on your squad? I know Georgia Hewitt plays a lot. We've played a few times against each other, and Greengrass as well plays sometimes, but. We've not played for a while. We was getting battered a bit, so it was getting a bit degrading. So maybe we can do a tournament, and there's yeah. just a handicap. Oh yeah, let's go for that. Okay, I'll be up for that. Boris FIFA tournament incoming. Sounds good. Next season. Well, you got four That's out of not six. Bad. Sorry, yeah. Andy, for getting your clubs wrong. Uh, Lindsay, <laughs> thank you very much for coming on. Four, not too bad at all. I mean, you have the biggest game of your career. Wish you all the best of luck for that. Thank you. Um, Hopefully, fingers crossed, I'm crossing everything here. Championship next season, that would sound nice, wouldn't it? Very, very nice.
yeah, let's hope so. I think we've worked hard for it, so it's just that that final push now. And let's see where we go. Absolutely. Well, Lindsay, thank you very much for coming on the official Nottingham Forest podcast on and off the pitch. If you enjoyed it, you know what to do. Go and hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. We'll see you next time. <laughs>